Good evening and hello. Yes, I can. Interesting. So let's do this. Okay. Talk. Make noise. Uh, que pasa? Que pasa? You know what I do miss? <laughs> I miss some Nick Burke's content. I don't watch him anymore. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Stop playing Warzone. Yeah, no one wants to watch not watching Apex. Apex. I don't. I'm out on that action. Yeah. BP Hero Podcast, Season 7, Episode 9. The Grumpiest of Snacks is back in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do the usual. You know, let everybody kind of file in here. Hey, and real quick, everybody should go and share this thing, whether you're catching it live or after the fact. That goes for you as well, by the way. Um... <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Didn't we try that one time? Like, you kept, like, trying to close out of the app, and it would, like, mess yeah. up or something? Yeah. So maybe just... Well, the wife, has, the wife has the Apple TV watching something, so... Oh. Uh, I'm on a different TV with the podcast on, although I can't listen to it because I'm listening to you. But hopefully uh, it'll show me comments. Sure, it should, yeah. So uh, tell me about this Apple TV. You have an Apple TV? Yeah. What, what's, I mean, is that just like in place of a Fire Stick, I guess? Yeah, same thing. Another device similar to a Fire Stick or a Roku or something like that. Okay. Just Apple's version of it. Although okay. I believe you can get, if you have a smart TV, you can get the Apple TV app without actually having their device and still get their content. Really? But, I mean, it's just like a an iPhone or a uh, iPad, but for your TV. It's a smart TV. It makes it a smart TV. So it has different apps you can use similar to an iPad or an iPhone. So it's like like the iPhone interface, but for a TV. Correct. Okay. So so you'd have an app, an app for Spotify or for um, the Apple TV stuff, obviously. Netflix has another app. Just like you, it looks it looks almost like you have an iPhone screen on your TV. Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I was always curious, like what the Apple TV was like. Like I'm not like a big like, you know, Apple is is everything kind of person. I mean, obviously now that I, I've started with like the iPhones and stuff, I'll never own like a Mac or anything. Those are way too expensive. Oh yeah. But the Apple the Apple TV has always kind of like piqued my interest a little bit. I, I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's probably really easy to like uh, what do they call it? Uh, not AirDrop, where you broadcast yeah, well, your phone. Right, kind of like uh, Chromecast. Chromecast is a similar thing where if I'm watching something on my my phone, I can cast it onto the TV. Yeah. Uh, also, like if you have uh, something where you need to input a password or something like that, your phone would double as your keyboard. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Just different, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm not saying Apple's better than everything, obviously, but you know, if you're already in the ecosystem, you have an you have an iPhone, you have an iPad, you have that, it just makes it easier because everything is the same. You don't have to struggle operating something because it's different. Yeah, 
see that that's what it's intriguing about it and i do know um there are like some some youtubers i follow like they record everything with their iphones like people you know go out uh-huh. buy these crazy two thousand dollar cameras and all this stuff and like most of these guys are just doing this on iphones yeah. and then with that comes the uh what is it i keep quick time it's not quick time i can't remember what the name of the program is that a lot of these guys use to edit on a mac and like that thought has crossed my mind but then i lose the potential to um do a lot of stuff like this not that the the macs aren't powerful machines and and, and can be very efficient and do things like that but um this the capability of a windows machine is is way more than what a mac is a yeah of, for sure a but lot of things I'm aren't sure very mac friendly yeah, exactly. People people that like using Mac computers, it's very specific, but you are beholden to their ecosystem more so than an iPhone or an iPad or, or what else because it's not easily upgradable like a Windows laptop would be. Yeah. Um, so, and with, you know, how technology is nowadays, things are always getting cheaper, they're always getting faster, they're always being replaced. So... You can go out and buy a laptop right now, and as soon as you walk out of the store, it's obsolete or it's already an older generation because something new is already out. And right. it seems to be even more so in the case of Mac. Someone can correct us if I'm wrong. I don't own one. haven't owned one in a very, very long time. So uh, I don't know if that's still the case. But uh, they are not open source, quote-unquote, quote uh, like an Android or like Windows because – you can share the same programs across all devices, right. all, all operating systems. Everything's upgradable yourself. You can add more memory. You can add more speed. Um, but Macs are notoriously difficult. Yeah, I, it's uh, it's always been an interesting thing. You know, maybe they should do uh, standards like softball bats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a softball podcast. It's a softball podcast. Ready to have a softball joke in here somewhere. <laughs> We, got, we, got, we do have people checking in. Adam's in the chat. What's up, buddy? Eric made it. Eric says he has Apple TV, Fire Stick, and Roku. This man is out of control. He has everything. Yeah. Spencer's in the chat. What's up, Spencer? Mike made it, and so did Jason. We're popping off here to get things started, I'm just going to say. And we did have a pretty decent amount of responses to our little post we had on Facebook. Um, I did. So this will be this will be fun. And we even had our guy PJ even commented on the YouTube channel. Was something that, that is a really good topic. So we'll get into that here in a little bit. But we're going to do the usual. Everybody kind of slide in here. You know how it goes. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's been a while, and I do, yeah. I do have, to, I do have to bring up one thing just real quick. Oh boy! All right. Hey, no, no, I know. I'm not. Starting I'm sitting on... down. I'm sitting down. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not starting on any bullshit just yet. Okay. So what did I see? I've, I've been in the blender. I've been like working tens and twelves. I haven't had a day off in like almost three weeks. So I'm, I've been like kind of like trying to not live under the rock, but I've been stuck under the rock a little bit. What am I seeing about Matt Nagy going back to Kansas City as a quarterback coach? Oh, man, don't get me started. First of all, how do I want to say this? I'm sure he's a decent coach. He failed, obviously. But I think, you know, and you know how you listen to different uh, talking heads on sports radio and sports TV, and yeah. they always talk about this coach is coming from this tree, like the Sean McVay tree is what they're saying now, um, even though he's a super young coach. Um, but different coaches are getting hired who used to be under him, 
or the Andy Reid tree or the Belichick tree. So, so Matt Nagy came from the Andy Reid tree, meaning a coach who was under him at some point. Yeah. Um, Andy Reid obviously has had success in the league for numerous years. Um, and they took a chance after the Bears passed on uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and he turned out to be, I don't know if you want to call him a generational quarterback yet. You could argue that, though, because he's very good. Sure. Uh, and the team has been very good since he's been there. Um, they started him off slow, obviously, with, with the transition away from Alex Smith. But I I am personally in the, the belief that Matt Nagy got a job, head coach of the Bears, due to someone else's success, that being yes. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, 100%. I'm not saying that doesn't always happen. That happens because uh, the league is very – um, I'm going to hire my friend to come to this organization. And then once I get in there, I'm going to hire my friend and he's going to hire his friend. And it never, there's not a lot of diversity and it always seems to be a club, so to speak, boys club. Like I'm going to hire my friends to come join me, which can be good, can be bad, but, uh, buddy ball. Uh, but exactly. Yes. Buddy ball. A good way to say it. Um, but yeah, I, he, like I said, he may be a good coach, However, I think he got his job based on the the, uh, credentials and accomplishments of others. Yeah, I Um, completely agree. So I think it's absolutely hilarious, though, that now he's going back to Kansas City as a QB coach, so to speak. And the irony is because the first year in Chicago, Mitchell Trubisky did very well. Um, I think he had over 100-something QBR. Uh, he did. He he wasn't. He went to a Pro Bowl, I believe. Yes, he did. Um, they did very good, and then every single year after that, he did progressively worse. Um, and which was funny because Matt Nagy has been credited as being a QB guru, guru yes. or a, or an offensive minded guy, but he refused to work with with Trubisky. So like everybody was bitching about it's Trubisky. He's the bad guy. He's not a good quarterback because they took they took a flyer and make made him the number 2 pick when they had uh, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, all these other QBs who were better, more accomplished in college and they they traded up and got this kid. Um but then they couldn't do anything with him. So I don't yeah. know. It's just irony abounds. Yeah, uh, I find it absolutely hilarious. It, it never was Trubisky. I mean, I've, I'm sure I I've dogged on him when he was in Chicago because he wasn't performing, obviously. But sure. you know, that's part of being a fan. He, we're allowed to dog. Yeah, exactly. our, we're allowed to dog on our guys. <laughs> right, but you but then you see how things after after Nagy got fired, you start hearing stories about like Allen Robinson after the season ended last year or the year before. He was waiting, like coaches have exit interviews, so to speak, or like wrap up the season, have a conversation with their players, and he never heard from Nagy. The head coach of the team doesn't call your number one wide receiver to discuss how the season went, what your plans are for the future, knowing that he's going to be going into free agency soon. Like just you hear stories like that, and you're like, wow, this is really – all this is really – because of the head coach. Yeah. And how shitty he did. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's so crazy to me because like you said, it's, it's the whole fact of, I really do think that Nagy's like, Oh man, he's, he's a quarterback whisperer. Like no, dude, Mahomes, he was in over his head. Mahomes is just a freak. 
I yeah. mean, yeah, I, for sure. Yeah, I, I think you I could coach. Player, I think I could generational coach. Yeah, I think I could. Player. I think I could, in loose terms, coach Mahomes, and he'd still be a good quarterback. <laughs> right. You right. Know? So he's going to go back to the Chiefs. What's he actually going to do? Like he had to call in a favor, Andy. I can't get a job. I need to come back. <laughs> right. Yeah. Look, I'm trying to stay in the league here, and I got no. Okay. Right. Hey, if I was a restaurant, I'd have zero stars on Yelp. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right. And Chiefs fans, I mean, uh, I'm sure there's some on here. Like, there was thought that Eric Bieniemy was going to leave the organization and yeah. get a job as a head coach, and he didn't. And you're like, why? I'm still trying to figure out why that didn't happen or why, because I'm sure he had opportunities, but why did he decide to stay with Andy Reid? Um, which, not not bad, saying it's not a, not a bad thing to say, to stay with an organization that's been doing really well, obviously, but well, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It's just it's just interesting. Yeah, the, the whole thing, I read that and I immediately thought, I'm going to send it to you, but like, I, I have no concept of time sometimes, it was, so I almost sent it to you, oh, but yeah. it was like four in the morning, so I didn't figure yeah. out, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think I was ranting to Ronnie about it. I was like, you see this shit? This guy went back <laughs> as a QB coach to Kansas City yeah, to a place that doesn't need one. No, I, I don't get it. It's just like uh, uh, somebody said in the chat here, That's some, Alex Smith could have been the quarterback coach. I mean, the guy was always – yeah, the, yeah, He's more qualified. Yes, 100%. It, it was just so crazy. And, uh, you know, Adam said it. I mean, how, part of what hurt Mitch Trubisky was uh, – uh, not having Tariq Cohen, uh, that did hurt, yeah. But at the yeah, end of the day, sure. the biggest thing, just watching it week in and week out, um, the biggest thing that frustrated me was is Trubisky got fed up to a point where he was like, hey, look, I'm tired of this. Like, I'm tired of being the bad guy here. Like, I want to mm-hmm. run plays a certain way. And Matt Nagy's like, no, we're going to do it this way. Like, like you got to work with That's your guy fine. a little bit here. If he wants to roll out and throw or if he wants to throw on the move, then you need to accommodate your quarterback here, man. You you can't you you can't take a a, a lineman and and make him into a receiver. He is well, what yeah. he is. And speaking of linemen, let's let's get one thing straight. The problem with the Bears during those four years that Nagy was there was the offensive line. The offensive line has been atrocious. So I'm really excited with the new regime coming in. Uh, Ryan Poles, the new GM. Um, is a former offensive lineman. He was actually an undrafted lineman uh, by the Bears uh, when he when he entered the draft. Uh, he was Matt Ryan's uh, one of Matt Ryan's linemen at Boston College. Um, so yeah, I'm excited with that. He he's he definitely has folks, and he's been credited with turning around the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line, uh, which was bad for a little while. So. I'm excited, but I don't know. Trubisky, I always said, never had balls. Like, you say that he wanted to play, do different plays. Well, you know, once you get the play and then you're lined up on the line behind your guys, you have the option to audible and change plays, and he really didn't take advantage of that. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's fair. I'll give you that one. But is this – The play calling was terrible. Is this a deal where – Sorry, I'm struggling to find words here. I'm trying to read and do this at the same time. I can't um, see the chat, so that's probably helping me. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually I'm googling something here. Uh, I'm trying to help help me out here. What's the name of the 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 court, uh, the head coach the Giants just had? The old Giants head coach? Not Coughlin. No, no, no. Um... Somebody help me out here in the chat. But anyway, so he's supposed to be this offensive line like whisperer, right? Like, he's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to build an offensive line. That's my goal when I get here. 
and and four years later, Daniel Jones is running for his life, and in yeah, what what Joe Judge? Thank you, Joe Judge. Yeah, Joe Judge. Yeah, you know he he's gonna you know build this offensive lineup and, and make Daniel Jones a quarterback. Well, now you're at the point with Daniel Jones where it's like you know you got to shit or get off the pot. It was kind of kind of the same thing with Trubisky. Like I'm not 100. percent I wasn't really ready to give up on him yet, but we had to do something. Right. I mean, you know, and I don't know if if Justin Fields is going to be the play either, but I don't think Nagy was doing him any favors. Bottom line, no, for sure. And, and thankfully, he only had one year with him. That's why. That's why I always hate with the league is, you know, coaches may take the fall for players' performance unnecessarily, and vice versa. But think about the guys who have every single year had to deal with a new offensive scheme. Alex Jones, who we just mentioned, perfect example. He was with so many different teams and had to learn so many different offenses, just always having to deal with a new coach and new and new play style and everything. It's just – and they can never get their feet under them, so to speak. Not to say that he didn't he, – because he did have some success, some success. But there are so many different quarterbacks that you can think, you can say things about that, like Blaine Gabbert for his, is another guy, although I don't think he's really good. I was reading an article and someone was talking about how Blaine Gabbert's going to do well now that Tom Brady's out of the league, possibly. So there was, there was um, something Arians and actually, I said I would take Chase Daniels over playing Gabbard. <laughs> so it was actually um, I don't quote me on the exact numbers here because I do not remember, but um, you know Arians kind of proved the point of like Gabbard's been in the league for uh, X amount of years and he's had a different coach every year. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Has, but so how do you fault a guy who's had to deal with some stuff like that? Yeah. And Granted, uh, you can say, well, they're a professional. They should know that. They should learn how to adapt and learn. And, I mean, they get paid millions of dollars to do this, but you kind of handicap them off the start. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, hot take here is Blaine Gabbert the next Jimmy Garoppolo? No. Well, see, I, so I read something. Someone, someone said that Blaine Gabbert has the talent to be on ESPN top five play, but then couple plays later will make a rookie mistake and you know throw a pick or something like that or just make you like a head scratching play like really you just did something absolutely phenomenal and that's what you followed up with he'd be on espn for top play and then 10 minutes later he'd be on there for shacked and a fool who remembers shacked Shacked (laughs) and a fool (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah it's just and part of that i think comes from an experience it's kind of what uh yeah the the thing with Chase Daniel was when you know Chase Daniel was still kind of like trying to find his stride when he was in Chicago, man. The guy just needed the time. But it, at what point how are you past your time to have time? You know. Yeah, I think he is. He is. Someone could do a case study on Chase Daniel. He is a professional backup to the max, dude. It's crazy. He has gone to every single place he's gone to. Has been. He was with Drew Brees. Um, he's with. What's his name in San Diego right now? Well, not San Diego. You know, the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was under, you know, Trubisky, but, you know, not really a good example. But he's been under so many great quarterbacks and been content being the backup, not getting, you know, getting some plays, but – and also making money. So, um, yeah. he's a professional. He's the ultimate professional backup. His, his offensive IQ – I personally feel this way anyway – but especially oh, yeah. after naming off the people that like you talk about that he's that he's been around and like the good offenses that uh, you could say in loose terms he's been a part of, but his offensive mm-hmm. IQ is just through the roof, man. Right, he set records in Mizzou. Yeah, 
yeah, he was he was just an incredible quarterback at Mizzou. But you know, when you you go from one of the uh, more average sized guys on the field because he wasn't a small guy compared to a bunch of college players, but now you get him the NFL and he he's he's just a little guy. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I think that that'll always be kind of a damning thing for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he always gets a job, dude. Yeah, he always gets a job. I mean, but there's a reason why, you know. Yeah. They they understand what he knows, and he understands what he knows. Right. His, There's intangibles like he's, he's bringing to the table. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And that's why I think every softball team needs a player or two like that. The guy mm-hmm. that, like, not necessarily, like, the best player you can go out and grab, but he's going to make everybody around you better. Yeah. Every every team needs a guy like that. So, uh, that's Mike that's Reyes in the good. chat here mentioned uh, Colt McCoy. Colt and, McCoy, yeah. He's another one. He's another one. He, he fits – a Chase McDaniel or Chase Daniels mold in the NFL. I don't know if he could lead a team as the number one, but he would be a very serviceable backup uh, and someone who has had success at the co- at the collegiate level and would bring that experience to help somebody else. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, and it's he's he's clearly good enough to be knowledgeable enough. He could help uh, a, a rookie with like a, a an incredible. Uh, what do you want to say? A really good athlete who might just need like a little like pat on the ass, a bump in the right direction, uh-huh. that kind of thing. Uh, I think he'd be a really good asset in the same regard as uh, somebody like Chase Daniel. Right. Uh, Tony Benskin in here going on about Jordan Love. We ain't talking about no Packers, bro. Yeah, Rogers, we don't talk about Packers. Rogers is a grease ball, and uh, no, nobody cares about Jordan Love. That's why his parents were in the top row of the, the stadium at, at Arrowhead. Oh, man, such a disgrace. <laughs> So Couldn't we've been talking it. about, been talking about football for almost 20 minutes. We we got to get started here on at least something softball related before we get done here. <laughs> well, I mean, I was going to say that's a good segue talking about a team player because Odell asked about team philosophy um, and what doing what's best for the team. So that's how I took it. I know he went on with the three, one pitch not versus automatic take sure. or, or hitting the, hitting the ball. But um, that kind of segues into like being a team player. Uh, and what you want on your team. So I don't know how many people here have listened to um, the podcast that we actually did with uh, Kevin Bazat. And he kind of discussed uh, swinging at a three, one pitch. I don't know if you have, you have, you have, you, excuse me, words are hard. Have you had a chance to catch that episode? Me? Yes. Yes. I did listen to it. Although okay. I'm having, I'm struggling to remember it. Cause I don't remember what he said. So, but I have my opinion. <laughs> so he's he's saying basically, like three one, like it's okay to swing, but like be that make that your like your your line swing. Like you're gonna try and paint the line. Right. You're gonna try and and do something. Don't just like swing because ah, it's close. You right. know, it, it's uh, it, it's something swing, really interesting. You're swing with a purpose. Yeah, yeah. Don't just like three one. I'm hungry. I'm gonna swing because it's close. Like it needs to be the pitch you want to swing at. Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting, you know, Chris's question of. Uh, the team philosophy, uh, 3-1 pitch, uh, should it be an automatic take or do you smash the cookie? Man, I, I, I personally, I can screw up a 3-1 pitch almost every time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th- there's guys that can swing and, and never miss a ball, miss hit a ball. If if it's a home run situation and you get a biscuit on 3-1, eat it up. Like why? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you can say a team philosophy, though. I think it has to go player by player. Like what your tendency is, uh, are you a good two-strike hitter? Because if you're going to take, 
Um, if you're not a good two-strike hitter, then you get a cookie because it's 3-1. It should be a strike uh, nine times out of ten. Swing at it. Yeah. But like like Bezat said, you know, try to pull a line so you're not hitting an out, you're hitting into an out, uh, giving yourself a better opportunity if you do hit a line drive um, rather than, you know, going up the box or go, trying to push it. Yeah. Um, you know, you, that's doing too much in, in that situation. Um, yeah, but especially... it's almost, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I would say I kind of treat it as I'm not a good strike. I, I like to try to walk, but I'm not out self admittedly. I'm not a good two strike hitter. Um, so in my, in my case, I would probably swing a cookie. Uh, if I know for sure I have to get a strike, like it, it all depends on if the guy has been struggling before the batter before me and whatnot. If he gets me a three, one, I'm like, okay, it's, this is probably going to be a strike. So I should be looking for it. Um, but yeah, so I, I would definitely swing away. But I, I I likened it to playing blackjack and hitting on sixteen or not. Yeah. Either do it all the time or don't. But don't mix and match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You you and that's kind of the other thing he was saying too with uh, kind of the three one pitch. Like if if a pitcher is if as a pitcher you know that this guy is going to stay in here and just stare at the three one pitch every time, just dump one in. And now if you're good enough of a pitcher, you get to a certain level. I mean, these pitchers can pretty much do what they want whenever they want, or at least, you know, they're, they're going to make you sweat either way. So right. if I know you're going to stand there and let yourself get two strikes on you, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to throw the biscuit in there and then you're screwed. Your hands are tied. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, to me, what it really depends on is like, uh, how good is the pitcher? That's also something I take into account when it comes to how disciplined I am at the plate. Uh, if it's a pitcher that's really good at fakes or he's got some pretty nasty stuff, I'm taking the first pitch that's something I can stay out of trouble with that I feel comfortable hitting. I'm not going to wait until I get the perfect pitch. With some guys, you just got to take what you get. I agree. So that's that's kind of my, my philosophy on the 3-1 the thing. Well, there's also scenarios. Gio said that if there's hitters on, swing away if you're going to get a cookie. And if there isn't, maybe take a walk to try to get people on for the next guy up, which is kind of like what Bezat was saying. Like if you're like the scenario, he was given a scenario, like if there's nobody on, it's your turn to take or get people on so you can yes. set up the next guy behind yes. you. Or especially if you're in a situation where uh, there's like runners on second and third and there's no outs. I mean, right. swing away. Make sure you hit it in the air. Right. In, in, in yeah, so, don't hit into a double play or something. Well, I mean, second and third, you can't. But it's hit in the air, even if at least you miss, you're, you're it's a sacrifice fly, you're getting a run in. No, we don't count sacrifice flies as anything in slow pitch softball. But at the end of the day, you're still <laughs> moving runs in, you know? I mean, if mm-hmm. you're, you're going to take that swing, if you do happen to miss, at least it's something in the air where you're still at least doing something productive. Right. <clears throat> so we're going to start at the top and just kind of fire through some of these here. Um, Wilfredo wants to know... Uh, should a softball bat ever be worth fifteen hundred dollars, like the worth Bubba Mac? Absolutely not. That's absurd. Yes. <laughs> right now, the monsters are the only thing that are really holding value, like crazy prices. And even even now, I don't think they really are anymore. Not as much as they did for sure. The M twos, the M twos are going nuts because supposedly they've discontinued the M two composite, and that I guess oh, really? that's, that's been some of like their best composite. But uh, the one thing I will say is. Uh, multiple people I have seen that have said, you know, he said he's going to do this once or twice before, and it always makes its way back. Yeah. 
So there's. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, business business savvy stuff. Like obviously, if you have something really hype, you know, you're gonna make it seem hard to get, and then sprinkle it back in there um, just to make more money. Oh yeah, he's no dummy but, when it comes to selling. I mean, yeah, <laughs> no doubt about that. No, right. Well, we're not going to go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Next. <laughs> so Matt Allen uh, wants to know, what was the single largest factor that led to the demise of Pizza World? I'll man, hang up with the list. I remember that place. <laughs> I got to go to that place two times, I think. Oh, man. We wore that, that place out. We were, we, it was so good. So I do know, I think there's actually like a chain of those or something in the St. Louis area. I don't know about like nationwide, but in the St. Louis area, uh, there's at least somewhat of a chain of those, but the one, so pizza world is basically like a franchise, like uh hunt brothers and that kind of thing where, you know, it'll be in a gas station. It'll be here. It'll be there. So this one was actually part of a bar called the library just down the road from a, what is, Oh, help me. Kiwanis. Kiwanis. What's the name of the college? Oh, uh, I'm drawing completely blank. Lindenwood? Yes. Yes. So it's it's just down the road from Lindenwood, and they call it the library. You know, it's it's kind of a little college area. You know, people go down there and drink. Where are you at? Oh, I'm at the library. You know, but really they're out getting sloshed, right? But they, they had they had the pizza world there, and the most incredible pizza. Man, it was so good. We used to get the same thing every time. And, and Matt kind of asked the question, like, what was the demise of the pizza world? Because we all just went back one day. We always all used to go hit at Kiwanis, just down the road and around the corner, and then we'd stop at Pizza World on the way back and, you know, eat and drink until the sun went down. But he wants to know what... Yeah, so do we know if the bar is still open or is it just the pizza part? The the whole thing is gone. Oh, wow. The whole thing is gone. Uh, And I'm going to choose my words wisely here, (laughs) but uh, there, there was a large factor involved for sure. There was two large factors. They were big and round, it, just, just tell me. Do you remember the um, older lady that was the bartender there? <laughs> Vaguely, <laughs> she uh, she had some bolt-on modifications that that kept the kept the kept the boys coming in the doors. I just have a good feeling. <laughs> Flotation devices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. They were not losing her in a body of water. <laughs> So I, you know, maybe she quit and everybody went elsewhere. It's hard telling. Huh? <laughs> but yeah, I'm curious. I, I don't know. I'm not, you know, live up that way. So I'd be curious if anybody knows more information about that. So Jason Hernan here in the chat uh, actually um, says it's better than Emos. So he knows about Pizza World. I love Pizza World. It was so good. Oh, it was definitely better than Emos. Yeah, and Mike Reyes is on some bullshit about a cheese pizza. We're not going there right now. So hey, look. Hey, I already said we're going to talk about your incorrect uh, food opinions. So if they come up, I'm going to call them out. And the fact that you only like cheese pizzas, no, you know. No, Stop. It's not that I only like cheese pizza. Do you do it? You're going to blame the kids? I do it for Riley? Because no. she's a picky eater? No she, no, she does only like cheese pizza. I am just throwing that out there. <laughs> she gets it honest. But, like... Like, I don't mind a cheese pizza. A, a cheese pizza, a, a pizza can be good with just cheese on it. Damn it, Mike, I hate you. We're going to start in on this, and it's <laughs> a, che- a pizza and can be good with just cheese. What? 
<laughs> While we're at it, when do you get in the Jeep? <laughs> now, hey, listen, that's a whole different story for another day. I got something else up my sleeve. I'll, remind me, and I'll send you some pictures when we get done here. <clears throat> no Jeeps, no dogs. Oh. Yeah, we we got we got something else we're kind of working on here. It's a long All story. Right. Maybe we'll tell YouTube one of these days. I'm intrigued. All right. Yeah. So, uh, what's what's the uh, the clip from uh, the Tiger Show? Tiger Tiger King. I never watched it. I will not financially recover from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I will never financially recover from this. That, that's. I feel like that's going to be me after this deal, but like, I got to do it. It's a long story. Tell you later. All right. All right. <laughs> if it's so, a CTSB wagon, I'm happy for you. <laughs> oh, hey, man, I wish it was. It, it, I'd be telling. The, I'd be telling everybody. <laughs> no doubt about that. So Mike Potts wants to know: uh, Can we get the recipe for the hybrid Detroit grandma style pizza? And do you deliver? Uh, no, I don't deliver Tough. because you got to have it fresh. Uh, I don't have the capability of tra- of transporting it to a place and have it taste the way I want it to taste. Therefore, no deliveries. So, would you cook so, it at Mike's house? I could. Yeah, or he can cook it. It's not difficult. <laughs> I can send him the dough recipe that I have. So you're willing to share? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I have no problem with that. You got any pictures of this Not thing? Right can now, you though. can you fire me a picture of it? The pizza? Yeah, I got lots of pizza pictures. Well, send me the one he's talking about. Well, I mean, the chat's got to know. All right, all right, right. I mean, am I wrong here? Chat, tell me, am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason said, "Emos is crap on a cracker." <laughs> that's true. That's tough. It's like one of those, like, I want pizza and there's really nowhere else to get it, so it'll do kind of things. But uh, there's definitely better options. Mm-hmm. Okay, son, look at that, would you? Save to downloads. Then we're going to come over here. We're gonna add not, I don't feel like that's even the best one. I got a bunch of them. Well, this, <laughs> is, one, this is the one we're using. I'm going to get a bunch of them now. <laughs> oh, my God. Y'all hang on. This so, is, we're we're way we're way too zoomed in here. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good one. The last one's a good one. In the pan. Anyway, yeah. So I wanted to make a Detroit style, you know, thicker crust pan pizza. Uh, so Detroit style is very underrated, in my opinion. Let's first back up. I grew okay. up in Chicago. Everybody associates Chicago deep dish as Chicago style pizza, which is not entirely true. Yes, it is of Chicago origins however a true chicago style is a pub style pizza slightly thicker than emo's okay but squares round obviously and then you have detroit which is square which is cheese on the bottom and then sauce in like i guess lines so this is a regular style pizza but thicker like a detroit style crust so i made it in a pan and pulled it out anyway yeah, that's my pizza. <laughs> that, that, that looks incredible. I'm just saying we, we got a full coverage of pepperonis. <laughs> yeah, full coverage of pepperoni for sure. And I'm not even – listen, you know me. We, we've discussed this before. This is something else to get ridicule for. I'm not a big pepperoni pizza guy. Oh, my God. But I'm smashing that. Oh, man. I'm smashing What are we going to do with you? How do you uh, not like pepperoni? What you're going to do to me is like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. But uh, anyway. <laughs> Swing hard game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you got the uh, idea by now. You guys roast him in the comments because I, who doesn't like pepperoni? <laughs> my my go to is hamburger 
instead of sausage and pepperoni because sometimes the spices and sausage and the sausage stuff makes my stomach hurt. So I go with the hamburger. Sure. Um, but yeah, pepperoni is a go-to. See, God I don't, it. it's, I don't know. Like, I don't like how greasy a pepperoni makes pizza. Yeah, that's true. It could make it greasy. So this does look a little greasy, you know, looking on the TV. But but... It just still looks incredible though. That's pretty good. You get the cheese going over the edge, getting crusty, yeah. the, you know. I got to get a true Detroit-style pizza pan because right now I'm just using my wife's 13-inch, um, I think it's 13 by 9 yeah. cake pan. <laughs> That's a game changer, though, doing it doing it like that. My wife made a pizza like that one night. I was like, what are you doing? I've never seen it done that way in like just like a 9 by 13 mm-hmm. glass pan. Mm-hmm. I was like, what are you doing? You're crazy. Yeah, I've done one on a full <laughs> cookie sheet, too. And it was much bigger. That was like that's traditional grandma style. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> tell me this: Have you ever ate at Eris's in Columbia? Eris's? Eris's. I know you, you you get out and about in Columbia a little bit. I didn't know how familiar you were well, with Eris's. Yeah. So Chrissy, Chrissy graduated from Mizzou, so yeah. I was there frequently. But no, I don't believe I've been there. No, so, so that, that's going to be our stop next time. Um, Eris's. It's kind of like a G&D's. You've been the G&D's. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's like Greek style. They have like gyros and stuff, which by the way, mm-hmm. the meat of yeah. gyro is insane. It is, um, gyro meat, which is lamb. And then, um, pepperoni. Gosh, help me out here. I'm going, I'm coming blank. It's pepperoni, pepperoni and bacon. Yeah. Pepperoni, bacon, mozzarella. And then whatever kind of sauces they put there. There's a couple of the other different sauces they put in as well. That's mm-hmm. different from a traditional gyro, but I mean, it'll blow your mind. I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm I'm, I'm a purist when it comes to euros. I like it. I like it original. Sorry, my wife had to tell me that she finished an entire tube of chapstick without losing it. What'd you say? I said I'm pretty much a purist when it comes to euros, so I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I mean, you just got to try it. You, you got a good euro spot up the street for me. Go there almost every week. Yeah, well, hey, and that's support the that. local. Support local business. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Get that out of here. All right. So next question before we sit here and talk about pizza all night, because I could do that too. <laughs> um, I don't know how you can. We're only talking about cheese. We're going to talk oh about cheese blends. God. <laughs> okay. So, hey, real quick. So the Aris is thing, real quick. Yeah. So um, it's a pizza. They, they're like one of their pizzas. It's called the Achilles. So it's a Greek restaurant, right? So, like, mm-hmm. a lot of their foods have, like, uh, Greek god names. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a pizza called the Achilles. It's incredible. It's, uh, again, here we go. Hear me out here. I'm eating it. Pepperoni and ground beef with jalapenos. That's that's a that's an elite combination, I have to say. Dude, it, it, hey, wow. Brian got me started on that, and that's like the only thing I want to get when I go there. It's either that or the Meat Lover's Euro. It's the only two things I want to get when I go there. I just had a thought for a, a Euro pizza. I wonder if I can make that happen. Whoa. <laughs> can you imagine a pizza with some crispy gyro meat on top? I'm I'm imagining. Yeah, I'm gonna have to figure out the cheese and the sauce. Uh, I like this. I like this fusion we got going here. Yeah, watch it. Somebody's gonna think. Somebody's gonna think we are stoned out of our minds. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is, we just like pizza. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But uh, transitioning from uh, pizza into burritos and softball. Uh, Eric wants to know, uh, would you eat a super burrito between games at a tournament? Now, I imagine this is hearkening back to one of your vlogs that you did where you went to McDonald's beforehand. It says a super burrito. I don't know what a super burrito is, 
But I'm guessing it's something that does not mess around. Like we're 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 talking pretty heavy, probably lots of lots of spice, jalapenos. I prefer not to eat before a tournament because I don't want to have a situation later that happens where I'm going to have to be incapacitated or <laughs> out of commission uh, for a while. But between games, though, I mean, yeah. So I'm going to tell a story about myself. It's super embarrassing. I don't think I've ever said it out loud. Yes. <laughs> but uh, uh, it was a contributing factor to why I quit baseball as a kid. Uh, <laughs> I'm loving where this is going. Hey, anyway, can we get a couple more people to share this around before he starts? <laughs> so I w- I'm left-handed, as many of you may know. Yeah. If you don't, now you do. Uh, let's just say kids aim pitcher's aim as a kid is not very good so usually i was the only lefty on the team and i would get pegged all the time oh and yeah I, hated it. I was a bit of a little nancy boy and i cry about it well one time after i had gotten hit and i was taken out of the game uh i had to go number two um <laughs> and tried to go number two got caught up in my cup couldn't get my pants off oh pants. no <laughs> Super embarrassing. Left the left the game. <laughs> Never came back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to at that point, right? You yeah. Do, you just you do the walk of shame. Reason why I don't wear car. a cup to this day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that could haunt a person for a while. I, I would definitely have to yeah. say. But hey, you know what? We've all been there. We we have all we've all been in those shoes. Whether people say, <laughs> "Oh, I don't, I don't do that. I'm an adult." Well, no, listen. You shit your pants at some point in your life. You just don't want to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> I was only 11. It's okay to admit that. Yeah, see, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, even even people as adults, I mean, hey, listen, at some point they've shit their pants. I don't want to hear otherwise. I do not want to hear otherwise. But so so real quick, talking baseball stories and cups and everything, made me think of this one time. So um, we had this kid on our baseball team. Um, he was he, – he threw hard. We were playing like 1A baseball, so we're kind of podunk, right? So this kid's throwing like – low to mid eighties, which is like, man, when you're playing one, a baseball, it looks like it's like 105 miles an hour. <laughs> so you, you get these kids in there, they get all scared to get in there and hit. And we are playing this team. And this guy, this, this pitcher's name is also Jesse. Um, he gets in there and he, he throws this pitch and this kid's terrified. Right. I mean, he's already like up there shaking and stuff. Cause you know, we, he never sees anybody that throws that fast. So the second Jesse throws the ball, the kid just turns his back. And, dude, it drilled him right in the spine. Down like a sack of taters, the kid goes. They're, you know, yeah. out here on the field checking on this kid. And, you know, we're calling people and doing this and carrying on. So we got a little bit of downtime, right? So my man's going to run to the bathroom real quick. It's all right, bet. Run to the bathroom. Well, uh, we didn't get the garden hose over, over the edge of uh, the cup. So... You can imagine you're wearing gray ball pants and the garden oh, hose yeah. the garden hose is just, just spewing out of control. What happens to our <laughs> gray ball pants? Well then we had the bright idea of hey listen, let's just rub some dirt on it and soak it up. And it just turned his crotch into a giant pile of mud. Wow. <laughs> In a perfect outline <laughs> of where everything oh, happened. It's like, bro. <laughs> Like the murder chalk outline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so trust me, everybody's been there, bro. Everybody. Oh, yeah. So Quentin wants to know uh, thoughts on a local, how well a local draft tournament 
would do in the area. Obviously, we're in two different areas. I know that they do some drafts from time to time in St. Louis, right? Yeah. Uh, your... no, well, you talking about like the super draft they used to do at uh, Chatham that you guys used to go to, the solo and bus thing? So that was not a super draft. That was actually just uh, us uh, entering an E-team into a tournament full of B players. That's all that was. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if they've had a super draft in St. Louis for a while. Um, I know in terms of like co-ed drafting, like PJ would be the, the – person i know that's done stuff like that but yeah for sure um i think it's possible for the state of missouri it's got to be in columbia though if you want to get a good turnout of st louis and kansas city yeah so bp hero actually thought about having one of those at one point but like a lot of things it gets put on the back burner and never gets brought back up again um but i would like to do something like that in the near future just so the problem we're having with like local softball is the game is evolving, social media is everywhere, and you get teams that want to come play softball. Like if there's nowhere to play or they want to play co-ed or this or that. And it honestly does happen where you get teams full of ringers, want to show up, go play in podunk somewhere, and just blow everybody off the field. Yeah. Um, and I'm not playing like the completely innocent card here. I mean, I've to be completely fair, I've been on some of the teams that have been blowing teams off the field. Um, but like my main goal is not to stack a team full of just absolute ringers. It's people I enjoy playing softball with. It, it just, you know, what do you do? I mean, I can't help that more competition didn't show up kind of thing a little bit, but yeah. yeah so, so a super draft type of deals would, would correct that you. So I know like softball fans used to have, a couple of threads where these type of super draft things would happen throughout the country. And they would have obviously a discussion about that, but so it always intrigued me because I heard about it. I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. Like you throw your hat in the ring, tell them your position, whatever stats about you. Um, and then you, each team has a captain and they basically draft those players that they need to fill a team. And then you go out and play. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I love that idea. Um, I wish there was something like that closer to me where I didn't have to travel to Timbuktu to do it. Like all of these spiders yeah. draft stuff are, are very far away, but I think it would mm-hmm. be really fun, especially it'd be like a good, like vlogging adventure. Right. I mean, it's, you talk about an oh, adventure, yeah, sure. you know, so I think it would be fun. I, I don't, but at the local level, I don't know how well it would do. Cause I don't know that you're going to get teams from all over hell's creation to come and play in a super draft in the middle of nowhere, unless you said, like, it's Columbia. Columbia would be about the only way you could do it, I feel like. Yeah, you'd have to do some planning to figure out, you know, when certain tournaments that are not official, like, it maybe have to be in the middle of the year, the end of the year, uh, or the beginning of the year, just where you know, people are getting off and running. There's nothing, enough sanctioned stuff. World's obviously no state, nothing like that. Sure. But you have enough time to carve out for other people to make a trip. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot to get going to it, but uh, it, it maybe is something that could be done. It'd be fun to do. Part mm-hmm. of the reason I'm hesitant to put one on is because I don't know a ton about it. I feel like I'd screw it up, then I let everybody <laughs> down, <laughs> and I don't want that. But yeah, I'm gonna find some, uh, find a resource that can help with that. That's true. Maybe I'll make PJ help me do it. PJ, you're up. Kid. You want this thing to be successful, right? <laughs> 
tough. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. So, so you so, got more experience than I do. <laughs> so, circling back to pizza here, real quick. Uh, Ryan Craven wants to know: Does pineapple belong on a pizza? We're just real quick. I say it's fine. Yeah, I agree. I like this. I like the combo of like the like you do. Um, I like to do something spicy, like a spicy sausage and a pineapple, because it's like kind of like yin and yang, you know. Mm-hmm. It's real good. I appreciate that. Um, Avil Rodriguez uh, wants to know about the death of the softball fans forum, uh, Facebook groups. Hundred percent, what did yeah. it? There was the Facebook groups, and then what finished it off was the transition from their traditional layout they had to the new one that nobody liked. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. And, I mean, there's there's nothing you can do about it. It was like the place that was hosting it, they were eventually going to shut down is why they had to switch anyway. Um, so I don't know what they could have did different in that regard, maybe find something with a similar interface. But there was so much stuff that was different. <clears throat> yeah, I think you can also say that the another contributing factor was the the business side. Um, you know, when you know, I, I don't know if there's much truth to it, but I feel like it had a, a pretty good, could uh, a good reason why it happened. It was like the success of Smash It, and you know how they're taking exclusives and they're basically taking business. They're swallowing up other companies or taking business away from smaller companies yeah. and softball fans happen to be a casualty of that. They didn't get a lot of business. So once they decided to close up the business side, you know, the, the forum died. Yeah. And it's, uh, it, that, that's tough to see as well. I remember, you know, when I was affiliated with them, we would kind of talk shop a little bit, uh, just as far as like a little bit of, uh, what you might call, uh, marketing plans. Um, it was always so tough to do with Easton stuff because, Easton was like when when that whole era of like the forum was kind of starting to head downhill. Easton was like a big thing. Easton was like what everybody needed. Everybody had to have. You had your blue lines. You had the you know the Cados were starting to like be relevant. The Bakers and then um, everybody's talking That's to Raven about all these Eastons, the Fireflexes and stuff. But softball fans only gets three models. You know all these other retailers only get three models. Headbanger couldn't even get any. Mm-hmm. But the aforementioned store had had them just running out their ears. And of course everybody's going to run there. And anytime anybody tried to get some, they just had a fit. It's hard to compete with that. You know, it's yeah. so hard to compete with that. <clears throat> so I think uh, fish fighting, fighting, fighting the big guys. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. I do know that uh, I, can tell you, I can count on one hand. How many times I I went to the forum after they switched to the new format? I tried for a while. I did. Just to try and kind of help, like, maybe keep it moving along and, and posting stuff there just to kind of keep people coming back. But uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it was tough. It was tough. It just it wasn't user-friendly, especially mobile-friendly. Mobile-friendly is a no, big thing. Not. Everybody yeah. wants to sit on their phones and do stuff, and it was not mobile friendly. And Facebook has groups, which is built into to to any phone on the freaking planet. Yeah. So that there was just a lot of contributing factors that went into the death of softball fans for them. It sucked, nonetheless, but it is what it is. So you said that you plan on ranting about senior softball. <laughs> not really a rant. I just had some some thoughts about it since. Now that I'm 40 and I'm moving into that realm, uh, I don't know if anybody here is of age 
now for this, but and, and you have a, a relatively successful review channel, but you know, in my research to find a bat for when I start to play foreign up stuff this year, uh, I ran into which I'm sure a lot of people have seen is there is not quality bat review channels. Uh, there are a few mainstay channels, or I guess you could say, or you know, people who get enough uh, softball bat reviews is one is probably the only channel that many people may have seen. Uh, there's a couple others sprinkled in there, but nothing that's consistently putting out stuff or of good quality uh, that would bring people back. So, like, there's no BP Hero, there's no softball, you know. Or Will's channel. There's Batflip. He doesn't have senior stuff. There's no senior bat review equivalent to what you guys are doing for regular bats. Sure. Um, and it's frustrating because I'm sure it's a big missed opportunity. Yeah, and I do want to do more senior reviews. Um, it's it's something that I have found that people get interested in. And I don't. I guess I just don't realize like how many older viewers I have as well. Because every time I mm-hmm. post a softball, uh, a senior softball bat review, I mean, there's people that like I've never seen comment on a video. I, I believe it or not, there I get. A, I don't say I get a lot of comments on the videos, but it's easy to keep track of like who's a frequent uh, engager as far as like um, the comment section goes in a video. And I'll get people that I can see how long people have been subscribed. They've been subscribed for five or six years. And I've never seen that name. <laughs> but it's you know they're keeping. I mean, it's something to put out there. Maybe we need to get a demographic of what your viewers are and see if there's a need. I mean, you're going to be getting older too, so you naturally would move into that. But sure, um, you know, for the time being, at least you would you at least know what you have to look forward to in terms of uh, viewership or uh, appreciated content. But yeah, there's it was so frustrating to find good bat reviews on, on senior bats. Yeah. Like the only, I can only think of two, um, obviously your biggest one that everybody knows about. And then, uh, like Alan Tanner, but I mean, he's a brand Homer, so he's going to tell you that everything right. he swings is the best, which, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, the, the Mike and senior bats do seem to be pretty decent, but mm-hmm. and it's nothing against Alan, but it's just like, it's hard to take a review from someone who's, trying to push and sell and do that kind of thing. You know, um, Mm -hmm. it's like Adam, uh, spoke about the video that was recently posted, uh, comparing, uh, it was an anarchy affiliated, uh, player posting a comparison between an anarchy and a Suncoast bat. I mean, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's just like, uh, somebody else said, you know, it's the, it's like the Titanic. We all know how it's going to end. Right. Because right. if if that guy's bat didn't do well, he wasn't going to post a video, right? You know, but I mean, the the smaller channels just aren't. It's not consistent. And, and what I mean by quality is, I want to see a review on a field so I can gauge distance, not in an open field. I want something on a a, a, a field that we're going to be playing on. I want I want camera angles to be uh, viewer friendly. Obviously, the camera angles um, are big. Yeah, it's huge. Like, you can't just be the guy in the frame blocking half the view and you can't see how far the, the ball is going. Like, I know it's a senior bat. I know the ball is going to go far. Um, and then you got you got player types. So for a 40-year-old 
myself is going to make the bat perform a little bit better than a 50 year old. It's, sure. it's an obvious, unless there's somebody that's always in the gym. Now I know life expectancy nowadays is great. A lot of people are gym rats. So you got a lot of guys that are probably in way better shape as a 50 year old than I am as a 40 year old. So it's, you know, it's not, you're going to get different body types, but like, it's good when a, a bat review video has multiple body people, body tape shapes, you know, tall guy, big guy, muscle guy, uh, older guy, like a base hitter. That's helpful too, but sure. there's just nothing that's consistent. And the ones that are out there, it, there need, it need, there needs some tweaking to make it more digestible, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, do, I do agree. I, I did. I did as much research as I can before I actually pulled the trigger on a bat. So I know Gio was asking if I was going to say if I got a bat, which I did. I did decide uh, to buy the new Helmer senior bat because oh, I I do like Easton. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people like the Suncoast. Uh, they're really good. Um, yes. I swung a teammates in the cage this past weekend, and I took one swing. I was like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, so if anybody needs a, a co-sign on a senior bat, the, the, the Suncoast melees are really good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, so um, Suncoast, formerly Adidas. Yeah. It just, their, their senior bats have been incredible. I've, I've liked them since the original melees. They, it's just something they always did right. I don't know why they couldn't like, I mean, obviously we know standards and things, but. Um, why they couldn't mm-hmm. translate to make something for a C, for a U trip bat that could be comparable, but there's the the, oh, the two forty ruckuses are pretty good. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, like the ruckus are still good, but something that like makes you like the makes you not want to put it down. Right. The like the Adidas ruckus and, and all that stuff. Or, sorry, not the ruckus. The uh, melees was something like man, I don't want to put this down. I want to keep swinging it. You know, mm-hmm. like they they couldn't make a U trip bat that like made me. Uh, I feel that way. Like their their ruckus, the original two twenty stamped ruckus, was just kind of meh. Uh, I know a lot of yeah. people go nuts for those things, and uh, Facebook controls the market on them, no doubt. But it's <laughs> it's one thing that just didn't absolutely blow me away. But real quick, uh, Adam Inlow is in the chat. He says, "Hi, snacks and Jesse. Hello, my friend. How are you? Thanks for stopping in." Speaking of Apex, <laughs> this man's on it all the time. <laughs> oh, is he on that grind? <laughs> I see him on there from time to time. He says you're getting old talking about senior bats. Uh oh, mm. shots fired. I uh, know I don't like it, but yeah, we're gonna play. We're gonna try to play a couple senior tournaments this year, along with the dad bod stuff. So our uh, dad bod's forty and up. Yeah. Oh, oh, so you got dad bod's forty and up now? Okay. Yeah. There's a few. There's a handful of us on there, obviously, because not everybody's forty yet. But sure. Yeah. Interesting. So. uh Eric is uh, in the chat here. He said he's playing senior this weekend, and he also says his two cents: forties um, shouldn't swing senior bats. I don't necessarily I disagree with that. I agree. I was tempted not to buy a senior bat just because it'll break probably quicker than I wanted to, and I was just going to use my two twenties that are really hot. Yeah, I mean, because you do still have the option to use two twenties, right? Uh, I honestly don't know, but I would imagine. Yeah. So uh, real quick, Eric, uh, you're still listening. What's your uh, go-to weapon for, or I guess any of our senior guys here? Where, where's our senior guys? What's our what's our go-to sticks here in the chat? I, I am curious to know that because it seems like there's always uh, a, a pretty there's not a, a like a wide variety of bats. 
but it seems like you know you you fall into these places where guys swing the same thing. Like Dean Marini makes senior bats, and you don't ever see anybody swinging them. I was gonna say I haven't heard any of the Dean Marini's bats to seniors because they used to have the geezer back in the day, um, the Dean Marini one point two one, which is the senior stamp number. Yeah, yeah. Um, you used to see that all the time, but now. And I don't know if it's just because Headbanger doesn't promote it that much, but you know they're the go-to Dean Marini source right now. Oh yeah, um, uh, there you know it's all stadium, all the new stadiums, all the new uh, food dogs, and but no, no mention of senior. So is Dean Marini still making a senior bet? I have no idea. I mean, actually, I do have an idea. They make the Larry Carter, but I think that was like a year or two ago, yeah. um, which is a not a lie. So you know, it just doesn't get promoted a lot right now. All the senior stuff seems to be. The Suncoast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. The Suncoast or the or the Dudley, the the Lightnings. Yes, the, the Dudley. Yeah, the Dudleys are real big too. Um, I will say that. And Eric says he's going to try and use his Suncoast two piece. Or sorry, he's going to use his Suncoast two piece and try the Enough Said, which is the Onyx. Yeah, so, I've heard. I watched a couple of reviews of that. But uh, yeah, as far as like the Dean Marini stuff goes, you talk about Larry Carter. The only thing they ever did adjust to two with Larry Carter was the LC five. Absolutely disgusting Man. softball bat. I, you know what? If I could find one of those, I would use that as a senior bat. Cause that thing was <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Dude. I mean, in the heavier they were, it was like almost insane how much better they were. Yeah. Um, so let's see. I, that was way back. So way back in the day, uh, I used to be like anti D Marini. Like, wouldn't swing him, you know, like, screw Dean Marini. I'm not touching that thing. I'd rather go up there and, and risk striking that looking than swing a Dean Marini. And then Tony Wales got a 30-ounce uh, LC5. And, oh, Which my. light for a 30-ounce. It did. It did. I actually scaled it. It was a 28-1. But Dean Marini's yeah. scale weights have always kind of been kind of wonky anyway. Uh, but there's no doubt it swung. Uh, to me, it still swung and hit like a 30-ounce bat, you know, uh, hmm. personally. But just soft bar- soft barrel, felt like a tennis racket. Golly, dude. You couldn't miss with it. It was a 12-inch barrel. And yeah. like you said, Metal it handle. felt like hitting a tennis racket. Yeah, aluminum handle. It was absolutely crazy. What, that what was a great bat. bat. I think what there's one bat. on YouTube. Or, sorry, I think there's one on eBay for like four ninety nine. <laughs> I mean, oh, don't tempt me with a good hard, time. <laughs> no, that's hard to justify that. There's no way I would pay that. that. That is true. That is true. But I did see uh, if we got Red Bat fans in the chat. They made the Red Bat again this year. It's a 240 Red Bat. Obviously, it's going to be 240 standard. But that was another good one. I'm really excited to swing. Yeah, that I heard one the Food Dog the apparently original. is. Yeah, I heard the Food Dog is apparently a Red Bat with an unload. Mm, love that. So uh, I do have uh, a small stash of things coming. The way we get some reviews on soon. I swung the uh, this year's Marshburn. Louisville Slugger uh, Tyler Marshburn edition, which is the full ounce inload model. Um, I'm still just going to say it. Louisville's got the 240s on lock. We also swung the uh, Suncoast. Oh, drawn blank. Is it the Ruckus? Probably. Yeah, I think it's the Suncoast Ruckus. Max? Yeah, yeah. And it was good, but it's still Louisville's just got the edge. I don't know what they're doing different. Maybe I don't want to know, but <laughs> they got the special magic. Yeah, they they got something going on there. Um, so two two real quick one more things here. So pros and cons of traveling out of town 
for ball rather than staying for local ball. I mean, you, I mean, you be being in kind of St. Louis, I guess it's kind of a little bit different for you. Yeah. The biggest pro is you're playing people you haven't played before. So it kind of, it levels the playing field. Yeah. If, if anything, it's a change of scenery, right? Right. Uh, it's not playing the same dudes, you know, week in, week out, week in, week out. Like if you're playing D in St. Louis and you stick to staying in St. Louis, you're playing the same guys every weekend. Mm-hmm. But then you get the crap side of going out of town to play and running into local teams anyway. True. It seems like that always, it never fails. It seems like that always happens. And yeah, whether yeah. it be, uh, you know, guys going to Florida and things like that, <laughs> you always end up playing local teams. It's it's crazy. I like it more fun. It's more fun for me. Cause, you know, not to say that you shouldn't focus at a local tournament, um, and, you know, with the same goal in mind of winning the tournament. But when you're going out of town, you're with your team. There's more camaraderie. It's it's kind of a mini vacation, but at the same time, like you're going there to to perform. Like you're rep- you're kind of representing where you're from because everyone's like, "Oh, where are you guys from?" Blah blah blah. Um, it's just more fun, I think. Yeah, if you're if you're with the right group of guys, uh, it is for sure. Um, you're like we're here to do a job. You know, we're we're here to to win a tournament. We're not here to you know, go to the mall after the game or go to the zoo with the kids. Like, no, we're here to play softball. Everything else kind of takes second place. Yeah. Yeah, we drove all the dead bodies, drove all the way out to Ohio last year um, for 35 and up. And for I think it was GSL, 35 and up. And we did not perform as well as we had the prior tournament, but we still had fun. Sure. Um, that's the ultimate goal is to have fun and, and do well. Yeah, so that's it's at the end of the day, um, pros and cons for for going out of town or staying local. It, it's really it's a split to me. Um, I like going somewhere different, different change of scenery, different competition, that kind of thing. And it it also seems like too. Um, I just don't really I'm not really in the loop of like local softball around here, as far as you know. Like there's stuff always in Chillicothe or. Um, Podunk here, Podunk there. Like I don't, I'm not in the loop of that stuff. Nobody ever says anything to me about it. But I also don't mind Except traveling. The Salisbury to tournament. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> Salisbury. So last thing, real quick, we've hit our hour mark, and I got to be up at uh, 4:30 in the morning. Oof. So uh, I'm just gonna clear uh, clarify this right now. If anybody in this chat answers this question as under unsubscribe block me and don't ever talk to me again. The question is toilet paper. Does it go under or over careful with your answer? And by over, you mean it it comes towards, towards you and you pull from the top. Yeah. 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 Like, Yeah. 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 Over. But why why do people put it the other way sometimes? Good question. I, I'm telling you, somebody did that in in our house one time. We had some guests over, and I guess somebody had to do the old swapperoo, and it was backwards. And I sent a group chat and I said, "Look, if this ever happens again, nobody is visiting this house." That's <laughs> like, that's that's just like straight judgment judgment type stuff for me. 
You should never do that. But we are we are getting some yeah, personal, pre- personal preference. <laughs> yeah, no, not on this one. Not on that. I'd eat pepperoni pizza before I put toilet paper on uh, under. <laughs> I mean, I don't, pick a pick a topping that's a little bit. I don't know. You don't like I don't, you you'll eat it, but you don't like it. I don't know. You're a weird dude sometimes. God forbid, don't put bacon on your pizza. You might not touch it. Dude, what? Okay, so this is how we're going to do this? We're just going to close the podcast with a big debate over pepperonis and bacon. I, I just, uh, I don't I don't see the rave. We can finish man. with the bowling. There's been bowling news while we've been talking. What's the bowling news? Tell me. As of this year, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to use any urethane bowling ball in competition that was made... Prior to 2020. What? <laughs> Effective win. Uh, that I forgot. I didn't see that. So that explains why. So I'm I'm way too ate up in this in this bowling thing. I watch more bowling videos than I do softball videos. Um, <laughs> so I, I have noticed that a lot of guys are like talking about this can replace urethane and this and that. I guess I didn't realize that that's the reason why. Mm-hmm. No urethane. Yeah, ball. like so. Hammer, hammer makes a purple hammer. Oh yeah, the purple hammer is like an icon, ball, which is super. Uh, it's it's like top performing urethane ball, but so so basically, for people who don't know, uh, you get high performing bowling balls similar to like you would have different bat base or softball bats. Uh, so you have a reactive resin ball. It's gonna you know soak up oil and hook harder. Yes. Uh, but the urethane is going to not pick up oil and go longer uh, and push that oil down the lane and make it harder for people who are using reactive balls um, to keep it simple. But um, yeah, the it, guys, the guys that like the big, the big like broad hooks and things like that, and all yeah. the crazy spin, like they're using a reactive ball. It's going to right. react to the oil. Like the oil, it, for for those that maybe don't know, the lanes are oiled down um, mm-hmm. in certain patterns and that kind of thing. Um, but the lanes are uh, oiled down. They have oil applied to them, and then the balls react to that. Now, if you get into, like, maybe your balls are too strong or maybe you're having trouble, you go to the urethane. Urethane is kind of like the, what do you want to call it, the old trusty, the old reliable? Mm-hmm. Like It's pretty much just like you said. It's going to skid down the lane yeah. and, then just, and then just turn right into the pins. Right. And, and it, it's, it gives people a competitive edge uh, that can, can, they can control it and use it. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it, it pushes that oil further down the lane to, and then changes the oil pattern for the people who are using a, a reactive resin ball. Um, and it changes the outcome, especially it, when you, let's say you have on a league night, you have, uh, two teams on a pair of, of bowling lanes and you have eight people per team. Usually there's going to be one lefty because there's not very many lefties. Um, so that means everybody else is shooting on one side of the lane and that oil gets burnt up. It, it gets pushed out of the way. Um, they say burnt up because it's getting used. Yeah. Um, the balls are going to hook earlier. Uh, it's going to be harder to control, hard, harder to find your spot to where you can strike consistently. Well, the urethane balls are going to push that oil further down the lane and change where that ball from the person who's using reactive ball is going to, is going to hook. It's going to change that spot. To where that they where they knew to throw the ball, now it makes it harder to strike. And 
the person who's your, using urethane is unaffected, basically. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's interesting, too, to see. Uh, I watched a video of a guy. He basically he went to the bowling lane, and he put oil on two fingers. He, he wiped, you know, he put two fingers out, wiped oil on them, and then put some yeah. on a reactive ball, and then put some on a urethane ball, and let it sit, and came back. And the ball, the, the reactive ball, the oil is almost gone. Yeah, it soaks it up. It soaks into the ball, yeah. And then the urethane, it was like he was like he just left it. So that just yeah. kind of illustrates like it just carries the oil down the lane. And I've even seen. Do you watch Brad and Kyle at all? Yeah, of course. So, did you see there was a shot he was playing this this last tournament he was playing? Um, he threw a shot. Kyle threw a shot, and it goes down the lane, and it literally just fell off. The, I mean, it's like it just fell yeah. off the face of the earth. It hit. It just kind of yeah, just kind of. Um... Just the term I wanted to use, and, but it just it just keep, continues to take off. It doesn't doesn't hit that spot and, and hook where it's supposed to. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Like you always kind of see like the balls kind of die off and that kind of thing. But I mean, it literally it never turned. It hit a patch mm-hmm. of you could even see like the spin of the ball. Like it just stopped spinning. It hit a patch of oil that all the urethane because he was shooting on a on a set of lanes uh, with people that were using a ton of urethane and that had had urethane on them. So they've got all that oil pushed down the lane. So the second that his ball hit all that, that oil that had been pushed down, it literally just shot straight into the gutter. Didn't even hit the pins. Wow. <laughs> like it, it never broke. It never came back. It rolled out. It just rolled, and it never came out of its roll. It just – it was crazy. But Yeah, for those who don't know Brad and Kyle, what we're talking about is uh, one's local. The other one I think is from Kansas City. But yes. they're, they, they play out of the St. Louis area. They're on the PBA bowling uh, circuit. Um, so they're – You'll see them on Sunday sometimes um, on PBA whenever the PBA is on uh, FS1 or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, with Jason Belmonte and, and all those um, really well-known bowlers. But they bowl out of St. Charles, um, and they have a, a, a YouTube channel. It's very popular Very uh, in the bowling community. Um, young guys, I think one of them went to Lindenwood maybe. Really? Or both of them. That's where they met. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Awesome channel if you like bowling. Super fun. They break it down. Um, yeah. It, it, I think it's really cool. They show. They're, they're doing the tour. They're out on the PBA mm-hmm. tour. They're just kind of like taking you through like, hey, this is what it's like. I mean, um, yes, I know I could do more vlogs when I go to tournaments, but it, it's literally like a, a conference player taking <laughs> you through their weekend, you know? I mean, it's, yeah. it's the same exact thing. Like they – they're showing up, they're doing all their bowling, they're traveling, they're doing this, they're doing that. And it's really cool. Like, I follow them and, like, Darren Tang, um, mm-hmm. a lot of those guys that all kind of run together. But um, it, it's just super interesting to see that side of things. And it, it's kind of, like, got me inspired to vlog a little bit more, even if it's just, you know, something that's just kind of thrown together. Yeah, it's fun. you got to find a good balance, though, because I remember the last video I watched of them, uh, Kyle was making it pretty far in the tournament. Um, so... So, um, you know, they were vlogging the rest of it and the guy asked him, well, did you see my shot on ice? He's like, no, man, I had to talk to like 14 different people <laughs> because, you know, there's fans in the, in the bowling alley, you know, they want to come up and talk to him obviously, but, um, you got to find a good balance. And if you're going to vlog, make sure that's not sacrificing you trying to play the game also. Sure, sure. But yeah, I miss bowling. Uh, I, I found two of my bowling balls. Uh, one in the garage cracked because oh. of, of the cold weather, and then I had one in the basement, um, which was at the bottom of the stairs. So maybe the cold weather just dropped down there. But I just noticed it was cracked too. I was like, oh. "What the hell?" You're over two. 
Yeah, I I haven't opened my ball bag. There's a I have three more in the garage in a bag, and I'm afraid to open it. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't touch it. Just don't touch it. Yeah. (laughs) So, I think we're gonna call it there. Dad's got to get up early, and I'm also trying to get away from um, the rehashing of apparently me only liking cheese pizza now, according to Geo. (laughs) And now Adam's jumping on me about that. So this is real cool. Uh, Speaking of Adam, we need to get Adam to do uh, senior softball bat reviews too. Yeah, yeah, I guess he. Maybe I'll it. just record myself hitting the new bat when it comes uh, tomorrow for this weekend because it's supposed to be nice. And I'll just send you the video and you can edit it. Yeah, we can do that. I don't care. We value your opinion, snacks. Maybe not so much <laughs> on your food topics, but uh, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So Adam says Lindenwood's going D one. Just real quick. Yes, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Really? And it was going D1. Yeah, they're going to join – which conference is it? Uh, I forget what conference, but yeah, football and everything. They're going to be D1. Wow. I think it's awesome. That's crazy. Another D1 school in Missouri. How about that? Hopefully they yeah, – obviously, cool. there's going to be growing pains involved, right? Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully they I do well. They'll be in the same conference with SEMO. With, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, whatever whatever conference Semo's in, they're gonna be in with them. Okay, maybe the Mac. Is that uh, what it is? It's not the Mac. I can't think of what it is. Or if you said it, I would remember it. The Valley something Valley, uh, Missouri Valley that. conference. No, I think I think you might be right. Yeah, but yeah, it's cool. I played on uh, Linwood's turf for football once when they were not. They were D two when I was with Culver. Uh, Culver Stockton was. They're a D2 school up uh, in Canton, Missouri, just by Quincy, Illinois. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Always got to love turf. Always have to love mm, turf. Ah, I don't and, know. This was the one with the – I'd rather play on grass. This is where the you have the, the rubber pellets when you tackle somebody. And the oh, rubber my God. You're fucking your covered in them. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> I, I, I could see that. That would be annoying. <laughs> um, so Adam says it's the MVC, a Midwest Valley Conference is what it's called. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, uh, Gio was wanting to know if you want to hit this weekend. He's saying here in the chat. I don't know if you, do you have the chat pulled up? No, I don't. I can't see it. Gio's wanting you to know if you want to hit this weekend, he says. I think he just wants to try your new bat. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, yeah, a couple, I think a couple of the dad buys are trying to hit. I haven't figured out what we're going to do yet, but if it's going to be inside or outside. But I think if it's nice enough, I would prefer to hit outside. Yeah, I hit outside today and it was fantastic. Yeah, it was gorgeous today. So, all right, listen, I keep saying this, but I do have to go. I got to go to bed. I got to be at 4.30 in the morning because I got to go make monies. So thanks for everybody for stopping in. Snacks, of course. It's always a pleasure. Appreciate you having me. Come back soon. Adam, (laughs) glad you stopped in to help me me chat up with Snacks here a little bit. Everybody else in the chat, love that you all stop in. But this is it for the BP Hero Podcast, Season 7, Episode number 9. Catch you next Thursday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday. Wednesday at 9 p.m. Central. Words are hard. Swing hard in case you hit it. BP Hero, catch you next time.